Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of A-Ball with Eric Os. I am Eric Os, and it's good to have you with us for what is the inaugural episode of our podcast, coming to you from the home of the Lumber Kings on the bank of the banks of the Mississippi River. Easy for me to say. On what is a gorgeous day here in Clinton, and by gorgeous, that may be different for some listeners in more tropical areas like in California or out in Florida, but it is tropical by our standards. It's in the 50s right now, and there is no snow anywhere that we can see, which is a far different story than it was a year ago. So we're glad to have you with us, and in just a second, we'll have the manager, Mike Jacobs, join us to talk about this opening day roster that he has been handed and what will be his third year on the coaching side of things in the Marlins organization. But the first things that will be jumping out to any close followers of the Marlins farm system or Lumber Kings fans as well who are interested in seeing the talent that will be out on the field as we look out on the Bush Turf Pro grounds crew. Busy at work right now, but that's going to be the only 19-year-olds that are on this roster, which is kind of weird to think about because those young guys are some of the biggest spotlights will be on them, and that, of course, is Will Banfield, a second-round pick in the 2018 draft by the Marlins, known for his defense. In fact, Baseball America had listed him or tabbed him as the best defensive player taken at all by the Marlins in last year's draft. And you'll hear from the horse's mouth himself, the manager, Mike Jacobs, talk about the end to spring training for Banfield and he wasn't talking defense. He was talking long balls, grand slams, a three-run homer as well for Banfield. So a guy who is really known for a rocket arm behind the plate and seeing the bat come alive as well. One of the top prospects on this roster, but the guy with the highest rank on the prospect watch list, whether it's Baseball America, preseason had named him as the fifth best prospect in the Marlins organization or MLB.com. I think it was sixth the last I had seen it, and that is Connor Scott. He was a first-round pick in the 2018 draft by the Marlins, 17th overall, 19 years of age, and of course he'll be a topic of discussion with the manager, Mike Jacobs, and talking about the running style, but once you get past all that, this is a guy that the Marlins think of incredibly highly. That's how you get over a $4 million signing bonus and taken in the first round, so they have to think you're a pretty good baseball player in addition to all that. And then you have a publication like Baseball America, speaking of the draft grades that had been handed out by the publication, well, they named Connor Scott as the best, best athlete in that draft class taken. So there are quite a few big names and high praise from Baseball America and several others as well when it comes to the roster that will be here in Clinton. And that is just the big names. They're, of course, a well-rounded roster when you look at even deeper names. Bubba Hollins, who, of course, is the son of a major leaguer. You've also got the likes of Sean Reynolds, who had 17 home runs, 15 RBIs. And, folks, he played in short seasons. So just expand that over a 140-game schedule like we play here in the Midwest League. And the numbers for Reynolds start to get really gaudy when you think about it. 17 home runs, 52 RBIs. RBIs and Reynolds, a tough guy to miss. Six foot seven, two hundred and thirty-seven pounds. So, if you ever have a question in filling out your lineup card, and it's a really tall guy, odds are it's Sean Reynolds because he will be a big bat in Mike Jacobs' or lineup and roster throughout this season. Another guy that we'll be touching on when he joins us on the program, of course, pitching staff and coaching staff. So, so many things to talk about right now as the team had just arrived a day ago. We're recording this on April 1st. A day ago, the team had arrived. It was headshots, and today, media day, it's been a 
busy, I'd say, 48 hours for the team and the travel plans, but they've been a really fun group to be around, uh, and they were certainly joking around with one another in their weights during the photo shoot that we had yesterday, and it seemed like a, a pretty good crowd. They also were kind enough to fill out a questionnaire on some of the finer points of the players here in Clinton that I'm sure we'll have some fun with as the season goes on. And as we'll be joined by Mike Jacobs next when we come back, it'll be all things about this 2019 Lumber Kings roster, as well as the coaching staff, Jacobs will be joined by the pitching coach, Mark DeFelice, a three-year Major League veteran with the Milwaukee Brewers, and Frank Moore, a hitting coach who is now in his 11th season in the Marlins organization on the coaching side of things during his playing career, had reached as high as the AAA level. So when we come back, it'll be Mike Jacobs, kind enough to take some time and talk with us, and then we'll join you by ourselves again to wrap things up on the inaugural episode of A-Ball with Eric Ose. We'll be right back. We're now joined by the manager for the Clinton Lumber Kings, Mike Jacobs. You are the first guest on the single A, or A-ball rather, podcast here with Erico. Thanks very much for being the first. Thanks for having me. Very brave <laughs> and glad to have you too. Um, this is an exciting team from everything that we've read about and we've heard about. Uh, at first, you're going to look at top prospects like Connor Scott and Will Banfield, but what is just your overall um, takeaway going into this season of the group of guys you have here in Clinton? Uh, it's a good group. You know, we got uh, we got a lot of guys that I that I was with, you know, last year as well. And um, you know, with, with some of the new guys, like you said, Banfield and and uh, and, and Connor, it's uh, it's going to be a young group, uh, which is good. Uh, but it's going to be a group that uh, I think you're going to be. It's going to be exciting to watch these guys play and, and watch them develop over this year. And so, it's uh, when you think about like Connor Scott, right? Thirteenth overall pick last season. Will Banfield, who a lot of people consider is one of the best defensive players in the Marlins organization. But what is it that highlights it in your eyes of why they have that that high respect, the the high prospect ranks that you see in Baseball America or MLB dot com pipeline? In your eyes, what are the parts of their games that really stand out to you? Oh, well, I think that both guys are, are guys that uh, are, are well deserved of of those rankings and. Um, you know, you mentioned Banfield. Um, he's for as young as he is, is extremely um, polished behind the plate as far as his defensive skills. He's got a cannon for an arm. Um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be fun watching him back there, uh, especially uh, against teams that like to run. Um, you know, and, and he's got he's got some pop in the bat. You know, he uh, he can swing the bat well. Uh, one of the last days we were down there in spring training, he had a he had a, I think he had a grand slam and like a three run homer in, in the same game, which was was fun to see and. Uh, Connor Scott, you know he's uh, he's young. He, um, <laughs> I think fans will get a kick out of him. He, he's got a, a a little bit of an unorthodox style of running. Um, <laughs> I think he's still trying to learn his body a little bit. Is it like uh, the Hunter Pence type of running, hands yeah, at the side? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is a little Hunter Pence-ish. Hunt, Hunter Pentish. Um, but you know he's a he's a great young man, and he uh, he can swing the bat from the left side a little bit. He, even just from what I've seen. Uh, from instructional league to now, 
he seems to have gotten a little stronger. The ball's coming off the bat a little better, and um, you know he's uh, he, he's going to be fun to watch. And obviously these guys are pretty young just because of them being drafted pretty recently, but there's a lot of uh, maturity, a lot of age on this roster as well. Do you feel like that kind of uh, offsets each other and plays well, the yin and yang, so to speak, of a clubhouse, of having the experience, and then also the, the youth of guys like Connor Scott yeah, and Will because, Banfield? Yeah, because, you know, the young guys can kind of uh, look around for, for some guidance and, um, you know, how to go about their business and, um, which is also my job as well is to help teach those young guys that that kind of stuff and, and as my staff is as well um, but you know it uh, I was around most of these guys most of spring training and uh, we have a lot of good level head guys um, that just like to go out and play baseball and uh, you know it's uh it's exciting exciting that's getting getting down to the wire well, we'll go over you and the coaching staff a little bit okay. here that's in Clinton, and I'll start by putting a lot of pressure on you from okay. one of the articles we had read. So here in Clinton, we were obviously very excited about the affiliation change here with the Marlins and the new players that we'd be coming in. So I think it was Wells Dansborough, who's down at the Sun Sentinel down in Miami. He had mentioned that Mike Jacobs could have one of the most important jobs in the rebuild. So no pressure, of course, sure. at all, but sure. these are some of the players you've had before because you've mm-hmm. obviously been in the organization last season two seasons ago or last two seasons with the Batavia Muck Dogs. So mm-hmm. uh, what kind of role do you feel you and your staff will be playing here with the, the development of, of all these guys and maybe some familiarity of you having some of these guys a season ago? Yeah, I think I think it's a lot of responsibility and it's a, it's a, a lot of good responsibility to have, um, you know, when you're tasked to, to lead these young men and, um, you know, them, them having the confidence in, in the fact that our staff can do that um, is, is a great opportunity and great challenge for us. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, you're, 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 you're not only trying to teach these guys, um, how to be professional baseball players, but you teach them how to be young men as well. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's, uh, part of the job that maybe goes overlooked at times. Um, and I think when you can combine both of those things, um, you know, it helps, uh, shape these young men to be good professional young men and good professional young baseball players. And, um, that's what I'm looking forward to trying to do with these guys. And that's what the Marlins are, are looking for as well. The coaching staff that you'll be having with you, uh, Mark DeFelice will be as pitching coach, Frank Moore as the hitting coach. Uh, Mark looks like he's going to have some pretty talented arms, and some of those arms are ones that you know pretty well because of I was just looking at just the numbers that had been put up in Batavia by some of these guys, um, especially in the starting rotation. But we'll start, I guess, in the bullpen. Zach Wolf was phenomenal last season, it looked like, for you at 1.82 ER. I had seen um, other big names that had been on the mound, uh, Peyton Colbertson, Sean Gunther, uh, Chris Belmont. And what what do you feel like DeFelice is kind of, when you just look at the seasons, these guys are coming off of an embarrassment of riches, and it seems like that development that you had hit on kind of progressing well and what they'll be building on here. So I don't want you to speak maybe for Mark, but I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and start there. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, how do you feel that the pitching staff will be shaping up for the guys that DeFelice will be working with here in England? Um, you know, I, I, you know, this will be my first year working with Mark and um, just being around him in, in spring training uh, for the last couple of years. But just I, as, as a guy that's on my staff, um, you know, I have a good relationship with him already, um, you know, and he cares about the players as well. And, and I think that's one of the things that you have to do. You have to really care about these guys and, and and want what's best for them and um you know he's he's obviously a guy that that, that had some time in the big leagues um you know he's been doing this for a few years now he he knows what he's doing um you know i I like to even though i'm the manager you can say however you want that is to but you know these guys have their departments and um 
I'm sure I'll bounce stuff off him. He'll bounce stuff off me as well. And um, but you know he's uh, he's been doing this a while and he knows what he's doing. So I, I think uh, and I think he's had some of these guys too. You know at at certain times over the last couple of years. So you know it's, it's uh, some familiarity for for the guys and for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when we were talking about those prospects like Banfield and Scott, maybe it kind of does get lost. And it, I mean, these guys are pretty high picks as well, like Peyton Colbertson, but uh, great season, uh, 30 innings of work for you in Batavia, uh, an ERA that was 2.08. What are some of these pitchers that we had mentioned, like Gunther, Bellamont, and uh, Colbertson, what is what has worked for them so well that you had seen firsthand last year? Um, You know what? Uh <laughs> that's a tricky question because you threw a guy in there with me that that I was going to say some stuff. That's about, right. But yeah, I apologize. I have to have to be careful with what One I of those say sometimes. Gotcha questions. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I, I think a guy like 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 uh, Valamont, who um, you know we had at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year last year. Um, you know his his fastball plays. He's got a good breaking ball. Um, he's just got to get a little more consistent. Throw strikes. Um, when he throws strikes, he uh, he's, he's he's really good. So. You know that'll be one of the challenges for him is is, is uh, getting himself into a good routine and and being able to come out and throw strikes every day. Um, when he does that, he he throws the ball well. Gunther, left-hander pitcher, um, he's a strike thrower. Uh, you know he's, he's not an over intimidating presence on the mound, um, as we can hear me pouring my coffee <laughs> through the background music here. Um, you know he he's I didn't have him much last year. Um, I want to say I had him my first year, but again he's a guy that still throws strikes. Um, you know, he's got a good breaking ball. Um, and with Culberson, um, you know, it really comes down to the same thing. As long as these guys can throw strikes and these guys are around the zone, their other stuff plays. So, um, you know, and, and that, that's pretty much the, the story for, for anybody, really, when you want to talk about it. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to the guys that we have. I think our starting rotation is going to be good. And what's uh, the uh, starting rotation looking like here? Uh, I think it, I think it's going to be – I got it right there, and I think it's going to be Valent, Roberson, Mejia, Culberson, Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's always subject to change, so you never know. One of those guys may not feel good today or tomorrow, and right. we might have to make a switch. But um, for the most part, that's what it looks like it's going to be. That is on the pitching side of things. Uh, wanted to mention some of the power bats, too. Uh, John well, Reynolds. I'm not, I'm not hitting yeah, anymore, well. so <laughs> no, I'm just playing. All right. It's not all about you, Mike. <laughs> But, You're uh, right, it definitely is not. <laughs> Sorry for the reminder, uh, but we, we were uh, kind of joking around yesterday was when the team had arrived and we had taken care of the, the headshots and we were handing out the names so the photographer would know exactly who was taking mm-hmm. the photos. And one person I did not need to get a name from was Sean Reynolds, a guy mm-hmm. six foot seven. So this is someone who ate all of his vegetable kids, and that may that be a reminder to you. But 17 home runs last season, obviously a, a lot of strikeouts, so that was uh, maybe a concern coming into this year. But lots and lots of power from this guy. Well, what did you see from him in, in that power that translates, obviously, with that huge frame of his? Um, you know, I saw a guy who made a lot of, lot of adjustments and a lot of strides. Um, you know, I think really now in this day and age, um, strikeouts really aren't that big of a deal, nor is batting average. Uh, batting average is more of a luck, um, statistic mm-hmm. that we're finding out, um, which I think we've always known that, but we like to look at it cause it's on the scoreboard every day. And, right. And it's been um, repeated for a hundred years. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, but when you look at what he did, uh, last year, as far as the homers, uh, the stolen bases, uh, how he came along defensively last year, 
Um, you know, 17 home runs in the short season eight ball club is, is a lot of home runs. Uh, the RBIs, I think, what he made it, what do you have, about six, almost 60 RBIs? Do you yeah, have more, he, more, I, I'm just looking at it right maybe, now, is 56, or sorry, 52, but <laughs> it's So you put that bit. into a full season club, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about a guy, a guy that hits 30 plus and, and 100 drives and 100 runs, so um, yeah, he may strike out 200 times, but mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of offense production, so um, you know, and he's made some good adjustments this, this spring. Uh, I think he went all of spring training last year or all of extended spring training last year without even hitting a home run. And then to go out and hit 17 last year. Um, and I think this year he had about four or five homers in spring training. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a process and it's coming and, uh, he's fun to watch. He's a great kid. Um, you can't miss him obviously, like yeah. you said, and he's, he's, you know, I, I cared very deeply about Sean. He, he, um, he, I don't want to say he's grown on me because he's just, it's not that he's grown on me. He's always been on me, but he's just, you know, he's just a great kid. He wants to get better every day. Um, he's fun to talk to. Uh, and I've, I've been really impressed with, with the strides that he's made. Yeah. It was pretty fun just seeing him have the back and forth with Will Banfield. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah. They go back and forth. <laughs> yeah. the boys. That's one thing that, that this clubhouse will have this year is, is guys having a good time with each other. Yeah. I, I, I felt each other loose. kind of just off in the corner with my mouth laughing the whole mm-hmm. time, kind of dopey, mm-hmm. but that was, it was fun to see. And I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of it this season. Absolutely. Other power bats too, not just uh, Sean Reynolds, but last season out in Greensboro was uh, Marcos Rivera. He had 12 home runs with the uh, grasshoppers and Thomas Jones, who was there as well. Thought he had a really interesting line. Obviously, not in Greensboro to see it, but when you factor in the power of 11 home runs, the stolen bases, 20 of those, which were the most of the roster from last season. So that's got to be just the balance, right? That would come into an offensive approach that we could see here this summer. Yeah, he, um, a guy like Thomas Jones, I had my first very year, and he's very raw, uh, very. Uh, you almost want to say new to the game. It's not that he's not new to the game. It's just he's just he's such a raw talent that um, he's not real real refined. Um, and I think uh, the more he plays, the more it's going to get refined. And, and ultimately, the the more his ability is going to come out. Uh, he's a guy that flies. Uh, he can he can play all three outfield positions. He's got a little sock in his bat, excuse me, um, that we obviously found out about last year. Um, he's just fun to watch. You know, he's he's a great kid. He uh, he loves to run. Gosh, guy guy flies. Um, but he'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and that that will be uh, another uh, eye to keep on, too. We were having some fun with it, too, because the Lumber Kings last season, they were a Seattle Mariners affiliate, and I think it was two years ago we had heard about this guy we could be getting. His name is Christopher Torres. He's a prospect with the Mariners. Ended up not working out that way. Well, all roads lead to Clinton because Christopher <laughs> Torres, he is on the roster this season. Switch hitting bat that you'll have in your lineup as well. One of the five infielders. What can you tell us about Chris? Um, You know, he got hurt last year. On a, on a really gutsy play, he uh, he came around third base, and uh, I went to hold him up. And, and as I went to hold him up, I don't remember if he slipped. He did something where he pulled pulled his hamstring or, or tweaked his knee, one of the two. I don't remember exactly what it was. And, and uh, as he came around and he went down, the ball still hadn't gotten back into the infield yet. And so I'm yelling, get up, get up. <laughs> and uh, he, he actually got up. And hopped on one foot all the way to home plate. And it was almost, he had to still go like 75 feet. And it was amazing. I never seen anything like wow. it. Um, you know, and, and then obviously we realized that, you know, he hurt himself. And, uh, you know, it, it was a bummer that he did. But um, when he ended up coming back from that, uh, he was on fire, man. He, he was swinging the bat well from both sides. Um, one thing with him, you got to, you know, he, he, you got to 
get him hopefully he gets off to a good start and he gets that confidence because when he gets his confidence going he, he starts rolling yeah well that, that's great to hear just the toughness too which there's no stat for it but obviously something that is a big factor for yeah, was cool. a lot of these guys because I remember we we're talking with Bryson Brigman who's now in the organization back when he was with the Mariners though but yeah, he had played in a lot of travel ball as a top prospect, and we asked him at the, I think it was August, so late in the season, like, how you feeling, how the goals, like, shaped up for you? And he said, man, 140 games. You know, it's one thing to think about. It's another to be a part of it. Sure. So that's, that's toughness is going to have to factor in just Absolutely. given the grind of baseball and the nature that it is. Well, we'll have some fun with you before we let you go. It is going to be Sundays at some point during okay. the season at home. That's going to mean Copa de la Diversión. I hope I'm saying that right with the accent, but the Clinton Elotes, you, you got a chance to look at him. We know we didn't take the headshot from you uh, when we were getting taking care of all that stuff, but what was your first uh, impressions of the pink and gold, or pink and yellow, as it well, were? Well, it's an interesting color, but it uh, <laughs> it'll be good. Um Anybody that's ever been down to, like, say, Mexico or something like that, uh, where I've spent a lot of time, uh, the elotes, you can buy them on the side of the road, you know, in a cup like this, like, you know, I'm drinking my coffee, and, and it's uh, corn. They put, uh, sometimes they'll put mayonnaise in it. I don't like it like that, but they'll put corn, some cheese, uh, some hot sauce, and it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing little snack. So uh, that was the first thing that I thought of when I when I uh, saw saw the hats and, and the, uh, the name and what have you, so. Well, um, you're, it'll be good. you're already ahead of us because when we first got the Elote's name, it was straight to Google. What What is this? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, and I guess that's a good place to start in just getting to introduce you a little bit more. Major League veteran as well. A big power bat, which we've joked about a little bit here <laughs> as well. 100 home runs at the Major League level. And uh, also time with the, the Marlins, of course, too. So uh, a professional career, which is really cool because, as you mentioned, playing in Mexico, I think that was the yeah, last I played, stop. played there a lot, um, yeah. And then it went right into the coaching career. Mm-hmm. So if you could just give us a brief bio of how you got to Clint. As we said, all roads lead here eventually. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, my, my last year playing was uh, 16, I believe it was, and uh, was down actually playing in Tijuana. Uh, that's the Mexican league down there. And I uh, played in that league for a few different years. And uh, when I didn't get a job for winter ball, uh, long story short, just pretty much means you're not going to get another job during the, during the summer either. So... Uh, figured that I wasn't going to be able to keep playing anymore and uh, started making my phone calls and reaching out to people that I knew. Um, the Marlins obviously reached back out to me and, and uh, kind of the rest for that is history as far as uh, was hired that off season. Spent my first year obviously in Batavia. Uh, we went back there with the owner change last year again with uh, Batavia and uh, had a much improved season I thought from the year before um, which was contribute to, to the players that we had. And then uh, now we're here in, in Clinton, which uh, I'm happy to be here. What is the uh, – what, what do you think is – it's been, I guess, you're going into your third season as mm-hmm. manager. What do you feel is maybe something that you now have a whole new appreciation for on the coaching side of things that you maybe didn't as a player? Um, the time that the coaching staff has to put in um, and the uh, the organizational skills that you need to have to, to be able to – make it as smooth as you can for the guys really really what you want to do is you want to be able to come in and teach but you want them to never see all the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. um, you want them to just be able to come in see the lineups see the schedule know where where they need to be at what time during that day and know that they're going to get their work in um, not not having them worry about seeing uh, what goes on behind the closed doors as far as uh, the work that we put in as coaches to prepare for our day to be able to prepare, prepare excuse me prepare for them um because you just again, you just want them to come here and play. So, 
Um, that and uh, the patience. you got to have a lot of patience to do this, um, which I think uh, I knew going in. And I think it's uh, something that I've uh, definitely been able to have. You know, it's you're teaching these guys how to be professional baseball players, and they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to um, screw some th- screw some things up every once in a while, and, and that's all part of it, and that's okay. Um, it's our job to help correct those and um, let them understand that, hey, you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect every day, no matter what we do, and uh, you know, God willing, we get to wake up the next day, no matter what, and come and do it again. Yeah, and um, especially for the Lumber Kings, it's going to be very exciting because we're just days away. I think yes, Thursday, are. Kane County. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll give you the biggest softball question, and we'll let you go after this. But we're ready, right? Well, this is we're ready for this, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Kane County Thursday, so we'll give a, a shameless plug to the broadcast on WCCI uh, 100.3 FM. And of course, Mike will be joining us on Fridays for our coaches show. That is the manager, Mike Jacobs. Thank you so much for joining us Thank on you. the first ever football podcast. It. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And welcome back on A-Ball. You just heard from the manager for the Clinton Lumber Kings, Mike Jacobs, about the 2019 opening day roster, which will be in full effect on Thursday night against the Kane County Cougars. That is when minor league baseball's opening day will happen. Of course, a very significant date for all of us here at the A-level. The team will be taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks single-A affiliate, the Kane County Cougars with the hopes of playing baseball. If you are new to the Lumber Kings experience last year, it was snow and cold weather, which really was the theme, unfortunately, of the first two months of the 2018 season. And so when the team had gone out there last year, there were no games played. It was snowed out the first day. It was too cold to play on the second day. And so what it really amounted to, that brief two-game series, was a dress rehearsal in the suburbs of Chicago. And hopefully we'll be experiencing far more pleasant weather when we get to playing baseball just a couple of days from now. And that'll be out in Kane County. So hopefully we'll be having you with us and On the broadcast, this is where we shamelessly plug the broadcast, which for all Lumber Kings games will be on 100.3 FM WCCI. For those of you who are out of the broadcast range, you can always tune in online at LumberKings.com. Thanks to the fine folks at StreamGuys who put up the broadcast and the makes them all real simulcast, so you can listen to them both on radio and on the internet side of things. With yours truly, Eric Ose will be on the call, a one-man band operation here in Clinton, so that is a familiar voice that you're hearing now will also be the case on the opener come Thursday in Kane County. We are touching on some of the top players and prospects and names that are coming out here for the 2019 season, and we were a fortunate enough to already get the Opening day starter, and that was listed as Chris Valamont, who is likely to take the ball on Thursday. Now, Mike Jacobs, of course, will have to change things if that's the case, if anything were to arise. But tentatively for Game 2, which will also be out in Kane County against the Cougars, the day game, in fact, that looks like it'll be a Josh Robertson start that Jacobs had touched on briefly. And Robertson, he's coming off a phenomenal year. We really didn't touch on it a whole lot in talking to Mike, but... 
His time at the GCL with the Marlins, that's the Gulf Coast League again, his ERA, it was hard to find sometimes it was so small, 1.06, record, and that was not a limited sample size either. 42 and a third innings of work, eventually would get called up later in the year to Batavia and have his final two appearances of the year with Mike Jacobs as his manager with the Muck Dogs. He was 1-1 one one in those two starts, a even 3.00 earned run average. Robertson likely to take the start in game two. Other than that, it is a little bit up in the air. We'll likely be hammering it out, but perhaps some content for our next episode, which will be a week from today. We'll be, rather, on Wednesday, we'll be doing this weekly. So next Wednesday, circle your calendars for episode two of A Ball with Eric Ose. We'll have a Lumber Kings prospect, a Marlins prospect that'll be joining us on the podcast. And we'll get into the way the, the clubhouse dynamics are starting to unfold. And we'll also have some games under our belt then and some content to talk to you about and hopefully a strong start to the season for the Lumber Kings as they look to return to the postseason for the first time since 2016. It is always very exciting opening days, whether it's the major leagues and, of course, here at the minor league level. And as we've said on more than one occasion to the fans around the ballpark here, the world will make sense again at the minor league level when they start playing again on Thursday. The home opener will be on Saturday night for those interested in coming out to Clinton. If you can, we're always excited to see more faces at the historic Lumber King Stadium built all the way back in 1937. So it is going to be uh, an old park that is going to feature some of the new names in the Marlins organization on a rebuild with a lot of talent on this roster and lots of reasons to be excited and lots of reasons to tune in come Thursday. That will do it for Episode 1 of A-Ball here with Eric Ose. This is Eric Ose signing off. Thanks again, everyone, for listening and to our guest, Mike Jacobs, for taking the time to talk with us. Hopefully we'll see you back here on the podcast side of things a week from now. 